Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Physio Matters podcast. We've made it all the way to session 73, and we've got our famous team podcast this month, which we are recording. It's early December, so I'm assuming that everybody listening is slightly fatter than they were before on Turkey, slightly more hungover. Well, maybe the hangovers are clear by now after New Year's, but um, certainly the festivities will be ended. We'll be running riot into a new year, and this is the first podcast of that. Uh, we'll be continuing on the airwaves as we normally do for the rest of the year. Um, I have been joined today by Fisty Thau, Jack Chu, and Amelia Bell Bentley, and we are going to have a chat about all things physio matters. We're going to cover the year just passed and into this year as well, and have a little bit of a talk over what the plans are, um, some statistics and various bits and bobs like that. And Jack's going to introduce all of our team members for us. Take it away, Mr. Chu. I am over the moon to still be invited to these team podcasts. After the debauchery of last year's, I uh, expected to potentially be, be kicked off. Um, yeah, it's great to be sharing it with the three of you. I see you as three representatives of waves of recruitment over the years. Unfortunately, I mean, despite Felicity having uh, had the pain of knowing me the longest, um, Jack, you, you were one of the first to, to come aboard years ago. Roped flicking when she came back a couple of years later to, to the UK from, from New Zealand. And then Amelia, one of our, well, the newest recruit, who got roped in to choose health stuff far more than she ever anticipated when she put an application in to volunteer for Physio Matters, has been interning and then as a physio assistant at Choose Health HQ this year. So uh, thanks to the three of you for all your hard work as usual, but also for this podcast. So um, to the listeners, you've got three goodens here and for a change, I'll try and keep a bit quieter than usual. Well, I think it is a um, final straw getting you on here. You yeah. see whether you make chance. it next year. Yeah, My last chance. Um, so yeah, Jack March is the rheumatology lead for Choose Health, as well as then he runs Physio Matters these days, increasingly doing more and more uh, as as I do uh, other things, including MSKR with the, the lady on the on the screen at least to his left, uh, which is Felicity Thau, who is the direct, deputy director of musculoskeletal reform, MSK reform, the think tank. Uh, non-profit that we started this year. I'm sure that will crop up in conversation. Also a physiotherapist in the northeast of England wearing various different hats for various different people including her own private practice FT Physio. Amelia Bell Bentley, a student physiotherapist at Salford University and um, physio assistant just left uh, for Choose Health which um, which we're still, we're still grieving over but thank you the three of you. Um, I hope that's fair introductions and uh, I didn't miss any key job titles off although Jack and Flit you, you both have like 10 different job titles so. It is hard to keep up I know. It is. Yeah. What's, what's your role these days Chew other than mouthpiece? <laughs> Mine? Um, I I don't know. I've, 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 I tried to I tried to tidy up my Twitter bio the other day, and I, I was able to condense it to four, kind of. Um, is that uh, yeah? Choose Health, MD, Director of MSKR, gobshite of of Physio Matters, and uh, and I'm on the SMT at Design to Move. Um, they're the main ones, um, but yeah, yeah, talker of all things MSK. That tends to be the main one, doesn't it? I think you could have finished that sentence at all things, to all be honest. Things. Many things. Many things. Um, Flick, what's your role mostly for us on Physio Matters? What's, what do you get up to most of the time? Um, I am 
uh, a proof listener feel. Um, I've, then I write the newsletter and put together the Google Drive, uh, which Amelia will be talking a bit about in terms of the newsletter later on. And yes, so that's my, my role in the podcast. Yes. A little bit of interviewing, a little bit of that. <laughs> I, she, I, she, she interviews, she interviews on the show and then then every time we ask what else we should do for the podcast, she gets requested to do more interviews. So she's like the star performer that makes us all feel really bad about just ourselves. Just once a year. Just once yeah. a year. Come out exactly. and exactly. show Yeah, that's it. Interview someone, someone else who's really good and then, and then I, I get to take, take the credit for, for what's inevitably a, a good podcast because I have great guests. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, an underused resource, I feel, the Google Drive. I think um, we'll, pop, we'll obviously pop a link into the um, into the bio on the podcast notes. So if you're on an app or whatever, you can scroll down, click on it. But we've got, well, we're 73rd episode now, so there must be well over 70 folders of evidence, newsletters, all sorts of golden stuff in there for people to go digging if they've got, I was going to say, a, a bored five minutes, but a DNA or a cancel or something in their clinic crack on over there. Um, yeah. At least once a week, we like blow someone's mind, don't we? <laughs> this was me- this this paper was mentioned in this podcast a year ago. Do you mind sending it over? And instead of getting one, they get every podcast, <laughs> every paper ever mentioned on a podcast, and they're just like, "Oh my god, what the hell? How did I not know about this?" It's one yeah. of my favorite things. I think if, if it was popularized and everyone knew about it, I think I'd be disappointed in those moments where it's like we get emails saying, "Thank you, thank you so much." It's a treasure trove, isn't totally it? Change my entire outlook. Well done. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You go back and you think, gosh, those folders from four years ago and the papers in there are still epic. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the classics. <laughs> um, Amelia, what have you been doing for us on the podcast? You've been helping me out a bit. Yes, so I started in May, June-ish time um, doing some social media things, helping in the run-up run to MSK reform, doing some of the publicity for the conference and things like that. Um, I've made quite a few infographics and um, images and things like that and then interned at Choose Health over the summer um, shadowing on the reception desk and doing some marketing um, there um, yeah I'd say that that's the main sort of gist um, doing lots of Twitter some shout outs on Facebook and things like that I'd say yeah, another, another thing that she's probably not going to mention that's really impressive um, something we've all tried to do and, and struggled with is that com- compared to anyone else I've ever met, she's tolerated Mark Reed. For, uh, <laughs> Mark's for, awesome. For a chunk of, for a don't say that. And then still say stuff <laughs> like that. So I don't know how much he's paid her on the side. I think he's been filtering off some bonuses or something. But if yeah, you that, me that a sandwich, is a, a fun... um... <laughs> <laughs> He bought you a sandwich. He bought you off that way, did he? Right. But, but yeah, certainly a credential for your CV. Amelia and an important role that you've played for all of us yeah I think that's a, an easy segue if anybody else can tolerate Mark Reed feel free to email us <laughs> because I don't think there'll be many of those emails coming well, in the recruitment strategy now yeah <laughs> oh um yeah and then I suppose leaves for me to say what I've been doing which is a lot for the podcast organizing inviting guests well that editing choose voice day at week in week out that's always fun (laughs) (laughs) hopefully people have just listened to uh the uh patient matters we've that was released in uh about probably when this goes out a couple of weeks beforehand uh with pete moore 
um and i've had to be binding about 40 minutes of that to butcher out and um to be honest it's it's all pretty good it's all worthwhile but um we were just talking before we came on air about whether we would ever release some of the bits we've chopped out and some of it's not fit for air but maybe maybe some maybe behind some sort of um age barrier then uh, we'll put that out at some point we went off on one, didn't we, me and Pete? And you were having me out for having code switched into a, <laughs> into a much more regional accent, me, when, which which is where I, it makes me realise I put a bit, at least a bit of radio voice on, clearly, um, some of the time. So, no, that's a great a great episode. And um, and also, something that we, I think we've, we've kind of got used to, that we're, we're now swimming in new waters, aren't we, this year, where we changed the branding up, we got the studio, we changed up to the to the things like the newsletter and, and, and sort of all the all the the branding change with even the new choose health website and stuff so that's been a that's been a big shift for us this year and also the, the biggest shift of that really was was me being able to to hand over the reins pretty much in full to jack and flick and of course then amelia stepping in as you have but but definitely for me to be able to turn up to work and find out that I've got a podcast. No, well, I've got, I, usually I get a bit more, more notice than that, but there's a podcast in my diary for Thursday and there's some time in my diary to do some prep on the Monday and, and I'll speak to Jack on that, that morning and he can get me up to speed with what I need to know and stuff. It's been a, a fascinating change of, uh, of sort of workings with it, but certainly from what we can tell, uh, no, no drop-off in quality. And, and of course, it, it climbed as we got more organised and more efficient and, um, yeah, that's why I say I'm lucky to be on this sh- on this show. Uh, I've been far less involved than than I ever have been. Yeah, perfect. I think it's I think it's worked well. I think it's worked well. Um, cool. Well, on to uh, I think it's our favourite bit. I don't know whether anybody else. Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to uh, to do the choosing because there's so many. Flick and I were planning for this uh, for this call, and we were. <laughs> we sort of were trying to think what our favorite podcast of the year was and then you just sort of forget which ones you've done and you go back through and you think god they were all good um in our opinion anyway but um so we're gonna go gonna go around the four of us we're gonna pick um pick our favorite podcast from the year you get one i'm gonna leave two till last because he won't pick one he'll pick five <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a little bit of a why why that was your favorite one and um and we'll uh have a bit of a bit of a think as to which which was the best best pod of the year so we're going to go uh, we'll go Amelia first which one are you going to go with what's your favorite pod of the year so I've chosen patient matters number two um with Adrian McGregor pain and mental health that was done in June um that's out of the ones I listened to that just seemed to stand out for me that's the one I remember the most and it was just so fascinating to hear his journey um, and I love learning more about chronic pain and the like link between pain and psychology. And you really got to understand his experience. And it was quite emotional and talking about mental health, and especially like strong men talking about mental health, I thought um, is really inspiring. And um, yeah, from a trainee perspective as a student, learning more about the patient perspective is really helpful for me. Um, and it will really help me develop in my practice. So yeah that's what i went with yeah great choice i i was going to ask you about that but you sort of half answered already but um 
is it do you feel like that podcast has mapped onto your university studies i know you're not miles of the way through but do you feel like it's it, it supported your uni studies or do you feel like um the uni's been a bit more biomedical left the patient out of it or what would you say from that point of view um i think it mapped directly onto what i'm learning at university especially um what i'm learning this year i'm learning about back pain and things like that um we're doing like the biopsychosocial model and I'm trying to revise what um, we've learned at the moment. So I hope my lecturers aren't listening and thinking, oh, I really can't remember the exact name of the programme that we recommended. Um, but yeah, just generally it does map across um, and yeah, taking that more holistic approach to back pain and things like that is something that we're learning at the moment. So having like that detailed patient experience to bring it um, to life sort of fits in quite nicely for me. Yeah perfect do your fellow students listen some of them do definitely i'm gonna make um them listen to this one <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah they definitely do i think we tend to listen to it more around exam time i know i listened to it um like avidly before i was applying to become a physio i was like oh must learn everything about physio for my interview and then around exam time last year um I was listening to lots of the things about MSK um, tendons and things like that in my first year. That was really useful. And I'd try and go out on a run and listen to it or put my washing out and listen to it and things like that. Um, yeah. Perfect. Good. Nice, really, nice to well, hear. It's really cool to be able to recruit from the student pool, isn't it? We, we never really anticipated that. When we think about the, um, well, I mean, it's, it's particularly good because initially I, I had to recruit people like Jack March, Rob Tyre, uh, Rich Barnes onto the team, and so now to be able to get some fresh-faced folk on the, on board's been been wonderful, and it's great that students listen, new graduates, and and the applications we have for the position that Amelia now holds were, were just phenomenal. Um, so it's it's great that we're we're reaching reaching that audience definitely. Yeah, thank you for having me, and thank you for putting the advert out. I appreciate it. <laughs> no bother at all. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, the, those applications were particularly strong, actually. That was really good. Um, Flick, give us yeah. your favourite. Uh, mine this year was, and it was a tough choice, I've gone with what I believe was session 69. It was Elaine Miller's one about uh, pelvic health and incontinence. Uh, and obviously Elaine's a comedian. She's super listenable. Um, and it, I felt it was a very it was a very real talk on what, what can be quite a sensitive topic. Um, and it was a strong message as well to take away. It was, you know, is is this common incontinence and leaking? Is it common? Yes. Is it okay? No. Um, and I've always been a big advocate of of women's health physio, and I, I've always kind of said to people, you don't need to put up with this, maybe ask your GP for a women's health physio, um, pelvic health physio referral. But actually, in that podcast, there was loads of practical advice that, that I can deliver in, you know, in my little room in, in Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, hugely useful straight away. Yeah, brilliant. I, think she's, uh, oh, I listened back to that more than I usually do the others, in part because... She do, I don't think she realizes just how much of a trailblazer she is in application. Like it's she she is in a situation where many of her contemporaries double down on the specialism and the advocacy for there being more specialists in that area, of which she doesn't shy away from. Don't get me wrong, 
but the fact that she is always wanting to recognize the broader workforce and the upskilling of MSK and sports therapists and various different MSK professionals that, that could step into that space and just because the goal is to help the health of society. She, she, she just never puts her blinkers on. Even, no matter how specialized she gets and, and, and the importance of the work she does, no matter how many awards she wins, she, she doesn't let her put herself put her blinkers on. And, and I think that that's what's so phenomenal about her and so inspirational is that she, she takes the, the, she recognizes the seriousness of the message but doesn't take herself too seriously. And she's such an, an example for that and obviously someone that we all take inspiration from, from trying to create entertaining messaging, granted nowhere near as funny as, as she is, but just generally trying to create entertainment that makes it palatable because we recognize that people are listening in their own time. And so, yeah, it was just a, a fantastic uh, opportunity to, to chat to her. And certainly we, we said that we'd, we'd try and get her on again um, next year. I think I have got her on the hook for that, see if we can do some more of the sexual health side of her work, um, which unfortunately then can't be Podcast 69. So she already had podcast 69 which she, she was pleased to point out on twitter um but yeah we'll have to fill that in another time into into the 70s or 80s for next year mm. she's a brilliant example of uh getting messaging out in innovative ways as well which i think is yeah, yeah, super important in these the climates that we are in currently that uh the correct messages need to reach many people and that needs to take many different formats and i think she is on to a winner admittedly it's not something that is widely applicable because as you said some of us aren't funny but um, <laughs> of, um that was funny <laughs> i was meaning you um it's you know it's a, it's it shows that we can be innovative and we can do these things differently and i think that's super important yeah cool on to me then um so i've gone with uh my favorite part being neil o'connell which um admittedly was Flick's one that she did uh, do the interview for. But the real reason for it is because I think it has the best title that it was never given, which was Neil Before the Evidence. <laughs> that, was, that was the Did worst. Did we not that... actually go with that? No, I was <laughs> banned by Felicity Dowd. You strongly. <laughs> <laughs> what, you vetoed it, did you, Flick? Yeah. Did. Neil was mortified that I asked him to do because physio matters. And I just thought, <laughs> he's not going to love Neil <laughs> evidence that's terrible that's we're just saying i'm not but that's the funniest thing i've ever come up with that it was veto from uh, from being on air um i think um being someone who probably is too dogmatically into evidence bases and statistics and various different things it really sang to all of my biases on uh appraising papers and realizing the limitations of papers and rcts and um i certainly learned a lot from it and um i would listen to if neil ever wants to do his own podcast where he just talks about that for, for hours on end i'll listen to it every time i think he uh, brings it across in a very palatable very easy to understand way and he was the same at the mskr conference as well um, with his talk there um absolutely brilliant very very easy to understand and yeah. widely applicable isn't it fa isn't it fascinating though? You mentioned like if he if he wanted to do his own podcast, like he's got he's a he's a busy man and he's got he's got many different things that he would be doing. But isn't it fascinating that Cochrane or Nice or NIHR and things wouldn't be putting a microphone under people like his nose more regularly? Or David Beard, who we had on last year, you know these are entertaining people that can transmit an otherwise complex message that's super important that. 
that that is difficult to get out there because people perceive it to be dry. So when you get someone like him that that can speak so well on that topic, it just seems incredible that that that's not where some funding transmission, uh, sorry, some 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 funding is placed to uh, to get that message out there when when his reach would would it would be amplified by multimedia. Um, so you know it's such a good, it's such a good point, Jack. I hadn't thought of it until you just said it. I just think it. It's such, it is such a shame uh, when he when he's when he speaks so well into those topics that that's not more readily available and that that obviously that was a podcast about generalities mm-hmm. like whereas you know having Neil help help us to zoom in on those things and and for clinicians as Flick did so well to then make sure it was dragged to the clinical applicability making sure uh, he was um, appropriately accounting for the time pressures that, that exist within the application space. Uh, obviously, he has a background as a clinician, but isn't practicing as it stands. And so th- th- it was so relevant in every which way. Um, so, yeah, again, fascinating. Great choices, the three of you. Press so, on me. yeah, one choice. Well, so my favourite patient matters podcast. <laughs> <laughs> where's the, I could cut you off at any second. You're not cutting me off. No, I will, I'll pick one per one per on one per podcast. You said right. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Patient that's my matters. Patient matters. I think I want to give a nod to Sam Williams, um, who I hadn't met until he came on the show as a, as a listener of the podcast, who ha- who was someone that had persistent pain and had. had Ended up having to do an awful lot of therapist shopping, and and then came across our podcasts with people like Greg Lehman and uh, and, and Ben Cormack, from what I recall, uh, and others uh, that that helped him realise that there was another way, and that rehabilitation might be an approach rather than that having to shop for modalities. And so for him to come on the podcast and, and share that as the very first patient matters was just an absolutely phenomenal chat, and someone who who uh, obviously been in touch with since he was at the MSKR conference. He's now an MSKR member and going to be involved through that. And I just, I just consider him a, a great bloke and, and a friend now where I just see him as a great ally in that space for him to, to have been through that and to share it with us so openly as he did. Um, similarly, any of the Patient Matters podcast we've done since are, are obviously of a similar ilk, but it makes sense. And I don't want to nod to him trailblazing for us in that direction. Uh, the, my favourite Health Matters podcast uh, would be the uh, the one that we did with uh, Pal, which is Sarah Tribe and Sandra Harding. Um, in much in, in some ways similar to what we we're just talking about with Neil O'Connell. It's like these are topics that are sometimes considered uh, to be dry and, and challenging uh, to have, but the, the way that they are able to to clarify what and and to offer practical solutions to complex issues such as the underlying governance the framework the scaffolding that surrounds our, our practice the foundations even is probably a better metaphor is just so important and so uh, so that was a really fascinating episode where i learned a lot uh, in that in that interview as well as just exposing you to your own complacency and and then the recognition of that there's so many different places to hide you know, how do we all step out of those places that we're hiding, but also how can we improve the system so that we don't end up then hiding? It's such a fascinating discussion that's then really informed a lot of MSKR's work since then, um, since meeting them. And so um, I thank them for that. My favourite Physio Matters episode is with our colleague and now Yank, uh, Tom Jesson. That was this year, right, wasn't it? It was. Mm-hmm. But, um, what, a, what a story. Someone that, like like Amelia is now, came to us as a student and is then uh, what what he would he would cringe at me calling him a fully fledged expert, but 
what a what a brain he has, and also the application of that material for him to admit to the to the U's and R's and the and the challenges that we face to to make clinical decisions based on evidence when when it is such a messy area. But he did it so well, and it's a, 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 quite rightly a very popular episode. I understand this year, um, and so um, I do encourage people to listen to that uh, where. Tom Jessen, who has also conducted some brilliant interviews for Physio Matters this year, uh, was the other side of the table to me in the studio going into detail on sciatica. Um, and uh, that, so that's my favourite Physio Matters of the year. So that was that. Oh, was it too painful, was it, Jim? I don't know. I turned off. Favourite <laughs> um... <laughs> summer episode, Jack? Favourite podcast is February. <laughs> <laughs> favorite seasonal... of course yeah, <laughs> no one's got a favorite of those the um i think um the the three those three really i was going to say about sam i think he he one came to us off his own back which was amazing two he came onto the podcast when we that the patient matters podcast when really his was the um sort of the trial attempt at recording that type of podcast is that something we hadn't really done at all and he admitted to us hopefully he doesn't mind me say but admitted to us before that he was nervous about coming for various reasons not just he'd not been behind a microphone before and when you think about the other podcasts that we'd recorded um before many people that we speak to have lectured or given talks or whatever and they're used to talking to people um and that's not quite sam's background and i think just as you said a nod to him for just his bravery to come and tell his story on that unknown platform at that time which was going to somewhere around twenty thousand people is amazing well, really. we went live i've forgotten this yeah, yeah that's, that's, you're right we went we went live didn't we uh, straight out the gates and so yeah yeah absolutely you know doubly so you, you're right to highlight that joke um and uh again we'll be i'll talk about this in a minute but we will be continuing in a slightly different fashion the uh patient matters and health matters um into the new year so um or further into the year um so um if anybody if any patients are listening and they want to give us a shout and um want to come on the pod then um we should be able to accommodate you so um get in touch we'll have some contact details towards the end um so this part of the podcast is me telling apparently us about tpmp plans for 2020 which are numerous um, some of which at this minute we can't really tell you about they're still in the pipeline they are going to be moving forwards but they are very exciting but we can't really bring them out until they're finalized in uh, some various different ways but i think um flick will tell you and amelia will tell you you want going to want to be signed up to the newsletter and you're going to want to be uh, want to be a supporter of the show, I think, is uh, is another thing that we'll be able to say at the minute. If, um, we'll uh, again, we'll put the links for how to find the newsletter and to support the show as well with a few quid. Um, but um, we're certainly going to have some new projects that aren't necessarily podcasts um, on the way. And that will be bringing you lots and lots and lots of stuff. I try to try not to uh, give the game away. <laughs> it's stuff. hard. Oh, there's lots of stuff. I don't want to We're say. We're going to bring you stuff and things, things and items. And, yeah, that's exactly correct. <laughs> I don't know what I can say, what I can't say. Um, but from it a it will be loosely CPD related. It will We're be not doing CPD. like a clothing line. <laughs> <laughs> Although that has been thrown around. Is it? I did suggest merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> really? TPMP oh, wow, t-shirt. TPMP <laughs> branded headphones, so everybody knows what you're listening to. Um, 
but yeah from a from a podcast point of view we'll obviously be bringing the uh the regular monthly show with the clinical content which will be again keeping keeping to clinical topics uh we've got some great guests lined up some great ideas for shows um and again i think this year what we would like is for a little bit more of uh listener interaction so let us know who you want to hear from what topics you want to you want to uh you want to put out there um and from my point of view doing the organizing if when you can when you make those suggestions be a little bit more specific um to help me along so i uh I can um, make the plans. It's quite difficult to do a to organise a podcast on something like objective assessment, for example. So uh, if we could be a little bit more specific on who you want me to speak to, we don't know who we don't know. So if you know people that are super specialists and you want us to speak to them, then put us in touch with them, and we'll be happy happy to get that conversation flowing. Um, and then, like I said, we've, we have a couple more. Um, I think we've got one more patient matters um, left to be re released. And I think we've got two more health matters left to be released at the time of uh, this coming out, this podcast coming out. And then the format will change slightly. So the um, funding that we had through the Kickstarter will have run out by that point. We'll have, we'll have done our six of each and we will be running them in slightly different format. Um, do you want to tell them about it, Chew, or do you want me to do that? Because it's yeah, going to no, be I'm, I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah, what, we, what we've come to realise, so huge thanks, of course, uh, beginning at the turn of the year, really. What was it, about February, March time, perhaps, that we got the Kickstarter funding to then pilot patient matters and health matters to try and broaden our remit into other areas and to keep physio matters clinical. Um, and, um, and, and that has been a, a huge success for, for some of the reasons that we've just talked about, really. It helped us to, to use the format and the platform, the voice that we created to try and reach into areas that might have otherwise been a bit niche for our Physio Matters podcast, which only goes out monthly, and to stop it becoming a too congested schedule. Now, uh, we don't therefore want to change that um, in a rush, but, but probably we just want to try and play fast and loose with the scheduling of it and the way that we're going to do that is that we're going to broaden even further to any interesting conversation with any interesting person and we'll do that under a uh, something that we piloted a couple of years ago uh, called chewing it over uh, which is going to be a, a, an interview show of course as per usual based on a pun and a play on words as choose health and physio matters have always been known for and so chewing it over will be interviews with patients, it'll be interviews with policymakers, it will reach into psychology, it will go into, um, and, and this is where I say it might broaden the remit, is it might, it might then wade into other, other realms, uh, any adjacent topics. We, we did a, a special edition of Physio Natters, which might be an example of that for me to give, which is where there was some controversy that, that came about around the WCPT being held in Dubai. And so we had um, two gentlemen on, I forget their names, um, James McCauley and Othman Kasabi. Might get that wrong. Apologies, gents, if I did. But they came on the show on different occasions to talk about their take on that matter. Um, and it was, again, very popular, just using a format and a style of discussion and open debate uh, that, that we then applied to areas of, of practice and beyond. And so we want to be able to do that, and we want to be able to do that on the fly. And so we're going to be releasing those on a chewing it over 
feed uh, so it doesn't congest, congest it, but anything physio-related or MSK-related, we will then also then put that on as, as a podcast on the main feed as well. So that's going to be how we go about it. So you will be getting lots of, uh, lots of different options available to you. We certainly won't produce, be producing any less content, but it just won't necessarily be called Patient Matters and Health Matters and be on a, on a monthly basis as you've been having it. So uh, I think I've covered everything there, have I? I think you have, yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, so I was um, going to make a point. Totally forgot what it was. I'll cut myself out when I edit. Um, yeah, so uh, going going back to this year with the, with our podcast, um, we've I think we've had a really successful year. The quality of the pods has been absolutely ridiculous. Um, when uh, when this goes out and Pete's Pete Moore's podcast is out, then uh, we'll we'll clear three hundred thousand downloads for the year. Um, I think our our numbers are slightly down on the year before. We had a um, we changed our hosting site, um, which if anybody's technically minded, they'll know what that is. And unfortunately, we lost uh, some uh, some legacy feeds. So if anybody's listening and they're thinking, oh, my, maybe my colleagues used to listen and they don't anymore, it's possible that their feed does is not updating. They think that we're not on. So uh, just give people a gentle nudge in the right direction. Everything will be going up on the Choose Health website. It's easy enough to find, um, or it's on all the all the podcast players. Um, and we can get those numbers up a little bit further, um, back to where they back to where they were. No, certainly nothing. Um, certainly nothing drastic. We're still just about clearing thirty thousand downloads a month, which is pretty impressive um, from our point of view. So very happy happy with those numbers really. Um, and um that's that's just about that really anybody else got anything else they want to sort of just mention about the year gone in the podcast or you're happy with happy with how it's gone anything that we think maybe we could have done better flick no i was going to say is it was this the first year we were on spotify it was the first year on spotify yeah. yes which is how my now new preferred method of listening to to, the, to our own oh, podcast lovely. yeah i listen on spotify as well it was my number one podcast on Spotify. You know, when you get your, your stats, it was the only one I'd listened to on Spotify. But it was it was the top top one. It was the top one. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to make a point earlier, and I forgot what it was. Um, I think uh, shoehorn it in. Shoehorn it in. I can edit myself. Um, shoehorn it in. Shoehorn it. In. <clears throat> the um, I think um, it would be of great help for us if um, people could, if you're using things like iTunes, uh, just to drop a rating on our on our podcast helps push us upwards. Um, we hardly have any ratings on there for some reason. It only takes three seconds. Just click on the five stars. That'll do. And then um, that helps just push us up into other people's feeds so that they know we exist. Uh, so do that for us. We don't shill for that very often, do we? We don't shill for that enough, just like we don't shill for money enough. <laughs> maybe the listeners ratings, disagree ratings and reviews ratings I think that's one of the things that happens when we diversify how people access what we're doing um, I think that could well happen so any of the podcast players I'm sure a few of them have um, have ratings and reviews don't they like Stitcher Radio and stuff um, still popular I don't know if Spotify does but yeah iTunes is a, is a good example where um it would would help us out. It's an increasingly competitive market, isn't it? And I don't mean necessarily in healthcare podcasts, because obviously we're the best of them. That's easy. I'm meaning more generally podcasts. You know, if people want to tune into stuff, uh, they they put on a they put on a sports show or us when they commute, and so we need to to get on their consciousness. So please do like and share what we're doing. 
Indeed, and I'm noticing more and more that the adverts are creeping into the old podcast as well. We're managing to stick away from those. So uh, if you want to keep our podcast advert free, then a couple of quid would do do that the world of good, if you don't mind. Um, otherwise, otherwise, you might start hearing that at some point. Um, lovely. Le- enough about the podcast. Let's crack on. Um, we're on to um, Amelia. You can tell us a little bit about our social media and the, the lovely, lovely newsletter. Yep. <laughs> Um, so the main thing is um, we'd quite like it if you got in touch with us on social media, whether it's Facebook, our Instagram, Twitter. Just let us know what you think about the podcast. Um, if you've got any ideas, suggestions for new content, who you'd want to see. I know Jack's covered this um, a bit already. But yeah, don't be afraid just to send us um, a DM if you don't want to post it publicly or things like that. Those are things we definitely do listen to and we definitely do pick up on. So that would be amazing. Um, I'm going to say the Twitter handles now and all the handles, so hopefully I get them right. Um, but because we are the Physio Matters podcast, it's at TPM podcast for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us on YouTube, the Physio Matters podcast, or you can go through choosehealth.co.uk and you can find the podcast there as well. Nice. A few stats for you. Um, we've got 19.1k Twitter followers. Woo! Um, agonizingly close. Uh, to I know. 20. Would have, 2020 would have been good to tick into 20. So, if we, uh, in fact, if someone There's knows 900 time. people, yeah. If you know 900 people, we just get them to follow us so that at midnight. Oh, in fact, this is going to go out <laughs> afterwards, isn't it? So this is a belated call. But the That's 20th. True. of... 20th of the first 20, I want 20,000 followers. This, if ever there was a reason for us to clip a part of this podcast, let's clip that, let's get that out early <laughs> in video form. Us begging for, that would be, be class. If we can hit 2020 with, with 20,000 20, Twitter followers. Well, no, I want 2020. <laughs> but 20,000, 20,020 would do it. 20,020 by 2020. Oh, that would be class. Yeah. Well done, guys. Well, that's fantastic. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, um, we've got 8.5k followers, um, but there you can get all our live streams and things like that, which are really good, um, which sometimes come out before the podcast. So you should get on our Facebook page, follow us there. And also talking about the conference, got a few stats from that. Um, We had 2,260 tweets reaching 14.7 million people about the conference. So that's cool. Nice big wow. reach for us. Um, going on to the newsletter, if you want to sign up for the newsletter, um, get our latest updates, more find out more about the pod, um, you can sign up through the Choose Health website or there should be a link in the bio. So that's all my social media updates. Yeah, cool sense. way to break up some um, politics scrolling, isn't it, by following us on social media. <laughs> <laughs> bit of relief on your facebook feed for you yeah that's true definitely that's sort of of thing that surely all that will have died down by the time this is out let's pretend (laughs) (laughs) as if yeah that's true we're 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 recording a couple of days before we got to go vote haven't we so um yeah who only knows but we'll just yeah we'll just be broadcasting to a sinking ship (laughs) come on let's be positive for the new year you know (laughs) Jim, look, let's get serious. 
everyone's surely downloading this podcast on their free broadband. That that's <laughs> that's surely what what's Let's happening start. now. That bit is getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things with the uh, the social media stuff, I think with with Facebook, um, people, and I'm like this as well. Is that I use Twitter professionally and Facebook personally. Yeah. However, just even if you're going to lurk or even like it and then and then unfollow it, then being following physio matters on Facebook is exactly the sort of way that you get these messages to your colleagues that might otherwise not listen. Um, you might be friends with them on Facebook and they might otherwise be disinterested, consider it to be a bit too intense to be involved in CPD outside of work time. All totally valid opinions, but they might frustrate you in a sense that you feel that there's certain people that might get left behind on it. Whereas if you were to like and, 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 uh, and, and just follow Physio Matters on Facebook, then that's the sort of thing that then transmits that. You think about the people that you studied with. Think about how many, uh, interprofessionally, how many people that you have on your friends list on Facebook, even if you're not going to engage with that material, which of course would be our preference, then um, then that would be something well worth uh, well worth you doing, and we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it always surprises me that Facebook lags a bit behind Twitter, and I'm not sure why that is, considering all the media goes on there, whereas none of the media goes on Twitter. I think it's purely a sense of timing. I think it will catch it up. It's just that we weren't on Facebook, were we, for two two and a half years or something like mm. that. It's, there's long? a lot of good debate on Twitter as well, and it's easier to share. I think. I think you have quite good like debate or mm. banter. Yeah. <laughs> what is the? Why was the? Why was banter in the? Uh, I just felt so cringe saying the word banter <laughs> that I had to caveat <laughs> with some quotation marks that people won't be able to see on a podcast. But... Oh, that's amazing! I so thought that you would. It was just a slight on our banter. <laughs> <laughs> Like so-called banter. <laughs> That's what you were doing with the air quote. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, let's go. Let's get off social media and banter. Flick, we couldn't have a podcast where we've discussed 2019 without discussing MSKR and the same thing about 2020. So um fill us all in on all things MSKR, what's happening. Indeed. Um so MSK Refo or MSKR is, as Jack mentioned earlier, our grassroots think tank. And I'll go back in time, back into 2019, um, where when it all started, in case you've somehow missed missed all of this. Um, but we, essentially we we noticed there was a lot of people talking to us about how people who had their head in their hands at the variation in practice in MSK practice uh, people who are were thinking hang about what what does being chartered actually mean as a as a physio why isn't as it as many hoops to jump through as other professions um, or people who were frustrated at an inaccurate article in the mainstream media about healthcare um, and, and essentially we took these people and um, put them in groups and said please help us um, put together a manifesto on what we could do to, to improve that. Um, and they were led by five brilliant people who I have to name because they're brilliant. Um, Emma Salt, Paula Deacon, Rena Patel, Matt Wyatt and Ash James. Um, they led the, the five different working groups and we put together their five chapters as part of our manifesto, which we then presented at our, at our conference back in October. And that then proceeded the MSKR movement, which you can now find out 
much more about and join at uh, www.mskreform.org.uk. And look, it's it's fifty pounds to join for for the year, which is what I paid. It's what you paid. It's what what we all pay. And the reason for that is there will be resources that that we need to pay for. There's hopefully in the future will be roadshows. Um, we have membership packs that you get when you when you join that that are sent out. Um, and currently, what we're doing with MSK Reform is looking. We're talking to at the minute partner organisations. We're in the full, full throw of a of a policy vote. Um, so for each of the five chapters, we've got multiple different policies, and we want to whittle them down to our twenty twenty priorities. So at the minute, the governance vote is is open. Um, uh, each two weeks, it's a different chapter, and in the new year, we'll have the policies ready. We've got the action group leads are. We're our working group leads. They're all signed up again and ready to ready to go. Uh, we're going to be doing applications to be part of the action group. So all of that to say, there is really no better time to be getting involved with MSKR. This is this is the time to be signing up. This is the time where you've got your most clout to vote for your priorities. This is the time where you've got the best choice of of um, what what really appeals to you for an action group. Um, this is the this is the time to make a difference, really. Um, so yes, that website again is mskreform.org.uk and I hopefully will see you there. I'm super hoping that there's a campaign coming called 2020 Vision for MSKR. And if there isn't, then you can have that for free. Like say Neil that again, John. Sorry, I was just, just going to write that down. What was <laughs> it? Neil is, before the evidence. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> really good. 2020 Vision for MSKR. Good. Oh, let's get on that quickly. Like, that is don't don't let spec savers anywhere near that. Write that down. <laughs> oh, eh? Jimbo. That was very good. Um, yeah, I think that the, uh, I mean, again, wonderfully succinctly put from Flick, so let me waffle about the same thing. <laughs> now for 20 uh, minutes, yes. 20 <laughs> minutes, yeah. you got one minute. <laughs> Okay, one minute. What do I want to say about MSKR in one minute that I haven't said over and over again this year? We were accused and still get accused sometimes of being all talk and it's a podcast. And so forgive us for that. Sometimes we analyse, we discuss, we sometimes might critique. But fundamentally, we've always then been presenting things. Every episode has its yes, but what would you do about it points to it. Uh, whereas this is our what would you do about it answer to the broader question of what we feel is, is poor practice and how you would champion quality over, over the complacency that can exist in any profession, in any sector. But of course, we notice it in our own and we want to do something about it. And so this is what we're doing. And so as Flick said, mskreform.org.uk forward slash join of course all the resources you know don't just take our word for it we've produced you know so much free stuff for you to download there executive summary of the manifesto the 20 pager with graphics if you wanted to skim through to see if it whet your appetite and then a really palatable way of getting through the manifesto through chapter by chapter we've had some great feedback about how uh, readable it is and so you've got lots there, including the website and talks you through the story, what its intentions are, what you would be funding by joining it, how you can how you can make a difference by persuading other member organizations that you're part of or the organizations that you work with or for um, or the uh, unis that you went to or currently go to, how they can be involved. There's so many different ways that we can involve you now and uh, to really instigate the change and make sure we don't have any regrets because there are lots of things happening with, with politically and otherwise that, that could um, help 
MSK to become at the forefront of, of or, or in the background. And, and we really need to make sure that we all sleep easy, knowing that we've done the best we can. And I think that the time is now for that. Well done. That was that was pretty quick, Chew. I'm Thanks, impressed. Eh? That's all right. I'm going to give you that one. Well done. <laughs> Brill. So that brings us to the end of our uh, particular podcast-related content. So we just wanted to have a little bit of a discussion on Monk and um, see what our thoughts were heading into 2020 as um, we face more and more challenges with regards to MSK practice. So I wanted to ask you guys your thoughts, and we can just have a bit of a muse on this each. Um, about what we think the biggest barriers are facing UK MSK practice at the minute. And um, uh, uh, if you have any solutions to them, what you think we might want to be able to do about that. Um, so what do you, from a student perspective, Amelia, what do you, what do you think about that? Um, well, I haven't gone with a specifically student perspective, but when I'm, I'm going into different placements and seeing different things, um, and especially with even having lectures with different outlooks and different perspectives on what the best treatment is I'm realizing more and more that as I go out into practice there's going to be a, a mismatch between the different practices um, with each physios having slightly different treatments slightly different beliefs in what is going to be effective and I'm concerned from a patient perspective how that's going to affect the patient one patient might be going to one physio that treats um, patients a certain way and then another patient might be going to another physio that treats them slightly differently so it's how does that affect the patient experience the different beliefs and different training of physios how does that um, affect patients and how can we have um, a certain standard or how do we know we're meeting a certain standard of patient care because of those differences especially when you're talking um, across different areas and things like that with all the different factors you've got to factor in like is it private are they going to a hospital how much funding has that area gotten all these different factors how can we make sure that um, MSK practice meets certain standards um, across the board so that's what I went with yeah the bombshell answer I suppose MSKR is a good um good um, place to plug that again isn't it with the trying to reduce un, unwarranted variation in practice and I don't think anybody would be suggesting that we should be treating to a recipe that there should be no variation in practice but certainly we should be narrowing the scope to to more effective and more cost-effective treatments as as is possible I think. Yeah because every obviously every patient is different so you've got to um, marry your care to the patient that's in front of you but I think it's difficult as a student learning about all these different things like which one should I use when should I use them how do I know what to use and things like that and like there's a certain ev evidence for this one practice and there's this much evidence for this practice but how do I know which one I should use when I'm getting into practice getting into practice mm -hmm. so yeah yeah for sure that's a great one yeah it is yeah uh follow that Felicity Thal I know right um, well, my, my thought was um, the biggest issue in UK MSK practice is our mammoth, mis and I don't mean our as in physios, I mean our as in society, society's massive misunderstanding of pain um, and why, why it is, why it's there, what causes it. Um, I long for the day, I've said this for ages, Please, David Attenborough, please will you do 
a documentary into the public's living rooms about pain. Doesn't have to be David Attenborough, but it does have oh, to it be. It does. It does. Now you said well, it. Yeah, I would, I would totally. People keep. I tell people this all the time because I'm because I'm quite sad. Um, but people are often like, he's an animal person. Anyway, irrelevant. David Attenborough has brought plastic into our living rooms, and we've all said, "Oh my God, I get it." Um, I'm waiting for that documentary, that public facing documentary, um, where we all go, "Oh, yeah, we get it." Um, Yes, because of course I think it affects our patient, our patients' expectations. Um, it affects our and our colleagues' choice of treatments, and I think sometimes a, a poor understanding of pain can can lead you down a difficult path in terms of um, patient treatment choices and, and dependency of that patient on said choices. Um, I'm talking about the biomedical model there. Um, so yes, I think that. If, on the whole, we as a planet had a better understanding of um, of pain, pain relief, and why it's there, and a greater appreciation of the fact that it's it's a person experience, it's a person event rather than a body or a foot or a back event, um, then I think I think my job would be would it be easier i'm not sure but it would it would certainly make aspects of my job easier um and i would hazard a guess um i'll leave it to david attenborough but i'd hazard a guess that we could actually reduce the upward trend that is um increasing pain at the minute in the world i think we should use that as a pitch to the bbc and you can write if anyone knows david then mr attenborough please we need you what he's done for plastic in the oceans this would be this would imagine imagine david attenborough on chewing it over it's just it's just he he got back to me on whatsapp he's all over snapchat Mm -hmm. he's like he's just leaving me behind on the tech that's why i can't get over to big dave so we dare to dream. That's one for 2020, isn't it? Let's hope we can get him on the show. <laughs> no, it's a great idea. I think it's a great example. We need to get better messaging in the media. And, uh, and that would be, be one way of sort of really shaking things up. And I think if you had to pick an issue, it would be that, wouldn't it? If people had a better, a better comprehension of the, just, just the, the, that even just the base, basic instinct that, that pain is more complex than... than a sense mm. of tissue damage or, or that, that, that that would when that penny's dropped a lot of things then can move from that can't it i would like also to um put it in the you know i think wouldn't that be cool in a gcse curriculum would it be more useful than learning about chlorophyll i don't just thoughts just yeah thoughts. yeah like wants to indoctrinate the children <laughs> why not Go on then, Chu. What biggest barrier for you, MSK practice? Um, I think because of the work of, of you three and, and others in our team that aren't here on the on the show today, uh, I've been displaced into trying to play the play the diplomat and to work with various different people cross party and try and create this broad coalition through MSK reform and. Um, and so I'm going to give an answer from uh, what I've learned in, in that space, particularly over the last 12 months, but it's also been a, 
increasing part of my role over the over the years really as we tried to take some responsibility for the platform that we'd we'd accidentally created in a sense and uh, and that is that i think that cowardice masquerading as diplomacy is one of the biggest issues that we face in msk these people that have got private opinions that they can't even find a way to share publicly or these disagreements that they have interprofessionally that they they, they won't attempt conversation in a direction of or if they do it's behind closed doors under particular circumstances that that then always are always protected from the from the the, the masses um on on very important issues uh, that that these are respected people that have got great ideas that should just be able to share them but for whatever reason they're deciding to to bottle, bottle that up or they perceive that the the, the the masses are too daft to understand it properly and so then these these conversations end up being uh, behind closed doors for too long and that uh, often these things are what influence policy decisions and then people get frustrated uh, that, that they're not they're not then followed by the masses and it's such an interesting phenomenon for me to have been able to literally witness is that uh, it's it's at the heart of it. And I, whilst I understand how it comes about, I do think that people sometimes um, make the mistake of, of thinking it's diplomatic when actually at the heart of it, it's just that you're bottling it. You don't want to face any fallout. You, you'd, you'd sooner not what that basic interprofessional conflict, which wouldn't actually be that rowdy. You know, um, the if you dip your toe in the water, the, the, the water's not as cold as you think. You know, I think if they just got stuck in, they wouldn't they wouldn't uh, do it so much but but actually uh, there is an awful lot that goes on where people are just not speaking their mind um not allowing for discussion and debate to to happen and so here we are what are we now this is our sixth year anniversary is it in december um and so here we are being still you know well, there's plenty of podcasts out there but as far as discussion debate style formats that we now take to events and stuff like that it's still not you know, we're still seen as trailblazers in that space, which is just embarrassing six years on. Um, and, uh, and they're still considered confrontational by some uh, to a negative end. And, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the way in which I think if we were just to step into a little bit more, a little bit more bravery, a little bit more conversation, trusting an audience to be able to see through it um, and to, to rely on the fact that broad coalitions and conversations uh, amongst those people can be the thing that can drive policy. And of course, that needs to include everyone. It needs to include patients and carers and students and, and, and therapists, but also non-clinician researchers and all sorts of different people. You know, we, we need the best, best minds on this, no matter what their background. And so we need to broaden our understanding of that and to broaden that coalition. And I do think that uh, we need to just have a look at ourselves when we think we're being diplomatic or being safe. We need to recognise when that is diplomacy and when it might also be cowardice. Well, uh, I totally agree. I think that's fascinating. And I think you've, you've been, been afforded a really in interesting insight this year, which I hope will be, uh, be, be for the benefit of all of us. What about yours then, mate? Well, you're not, you're not allowed to agree with those. Uh, things. I, mine was rather similar to um, Felicity's, actually, uh, although slightly different tack, more into sort of general health. But I think that the biggest barrier that we're facing is people just becoming more unwell in general and being able to modern medicine is able to continue to 
for want of a better term, fix the ills that befall people. And as a result, we're living longer so that our population is aging. Um, And with that, all those things with more obesity, more more age become more MSK problems. And I feel like we are spending a lot of time, a lot of resources on essentially firefighting where we are not able to spend as much resources in, as Felicity said, um, into the to the early upstream um, portions of, of care where we get, get people a lot earlier before these problems become chronic or become big problems. And I think we need better health education in general um, at younger ages so that people are eating better, exercising more younger so that we don't get these follow up um, healthcare conditions later. Um, we, we obviously will not know what the generation of children now, their health problems will be in 20, 30, 40 years time, but um, physios and doctors and all those, all of us will be having to deal with those. Um, we're obviously less active, obviously heavier um, and diets aren't so good. So um, hopefully we can swing that bound, back around the other way and have a, have a general improvement in health. But I think that needs to happen sooner rather than later, unfortunately. MSK is often upstream of various different cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, and, and of course, cancer. Increasingly, there's evidence to show that activity levels can really proceed, uh, poor, low activity levels can proceed many cancers. So, um, yeah, really good point, Jack. And I think it's also where it speaks to the unwarranted variation point where there's an opportunity cost if you're not giving proper health messages that Amelia mentioned. There's the fact that if pain is better understood, then people don't think themselves doing damage to their bodies when they then exercise or, or live a functionally active life. Um, and then also to, to what I was saying is that sometimes there's some home truths that need to occur, especially on a policy level, to make sure we're not tiptoeing around things when the evidence is strongly in favour, which speaks to my cowardice point. So thanks for drawing it all together for us, Jack, is that we should all be striving for better better health outcomes you know as a society what what more is there in it when we're talking about all that we're talking about is we've got to keep that bigger picture in mind and try and have a have a healthier society for us all so no it's a great point yeah i agree i agree i made a great point Um, (laughs) (laughs) it'll be the final great point of the evening so i want to thank Thank the three of you for, for being on the podcast with me. We should thank the rest of the team as well. We've got Shah, we've got Rob, we've got Barnsey, Rich Barnes. Um, who else am I missing? George, Tom, uh, Matt Murray-Downing as well. Um, all the Pops, Reed, Pops Reedy. Who? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you Rob. Yeah, I did mention Rob, yeah. Um, And yeah, sometimes Mark Reed as well. He's given me a little bit of help with the website once or twice. So um, thank all those guys as well, all the support they give us, especially when we're out on road shows, doing some interviewing, doing all the support that they do us when we we need some help from them. So great thanks. Was Matt Murray Downing meant to be on this podcast and he's just late? Or was he not on this show? I think that's a niche joke that no one else gets apart from Matt Murray Downing, the rest of the team. The... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> obviously thanks to all the listeners who who tune in make this worthwhile for us doing uh we'd probably still have these conversations but if a few thousand people didn't tune in we probably wouldn't wouldn't bother recording them anymore and those people that have ever thrown us a th- few quid to uh to keep the show going and and um above water is i don't we can't thank them enough really absolutely yeah choosehealth.co.uk forward slash support if you'd like to give 
a, a small amount on a regular basis or a, or a one-off donation of, of, of any flavor then please do let us know um if you if you well sorry do go to that um and, and, and let us know who you are so we can send our thanks of course and join mskr that's the most important show though isn't it that, that would support all of us to actually transmit it into real action yes definitely head over there right now what was the website felicity skreform.org.uk forward slash join lovely we'll get a spike of visitors as soon as this podcast goes out well that's brilliant so all we've got left to do is the cheesy sign out which we usually takes us about four or five um, attempts so all of you will be hearing the edited version that i've managed to come up with um after we've tried about five times to get it right um but we'll see you on the next podcast you've been listening to the Physio Matters podcast. Discussing Physio Matters. Because Physio Matters! matters. Woo! <laughs> Yippee! Happy New Year!